Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. And there's a bunch of musos of note and how they've come together and formed uh, uh, this, this unit of professional musicians that are committed altogether to God and play everything so good. When Everett started even with playing that violin, he blessed me. And then, of course, we know there was uh, Brendan and uh, Verona. They sang, I will trust in you. What? Every single time they sing, I catch such a blessing. And it puts me in the right spirit for the message right now. So good morning once again to you. And may God bless you as I speak to you. On this Sunday morning, I want to be with you. And to my knowledge, I've got about 35 minutes or so uh, that I can uh, have flexibility to, to, you know, tell you something. And you know, uh, this morning early I came in and I was praying and the Lord gave me two things to preach about today. And uh, I'm not like one that has to, uh, I don't have to sit three, four, five, six, seven days. Most of these scriptures are just simply in my memory. So I just have to get the theme from God. I got that this morning times two. And tonight, you, you must not miss tonight. It's called the blessing. And when you listen to the blessing, what happens there, you will indeed be blessed and it might very well change your life and your circumstances. Don't miss tonight. The saddest walking creature on earth is one who's been created in the image and likeness of God, namely a human being who is backslidden and drifted away from God. It's the sadness that I experience in my life with, I tell you, with tears before God when I see people in any way, in any church, drift away from God. Or I just hear it. It just is like it hurts me. Um, this morning, I want to talk about the God who speaks through fire, who answers through fire. And is there anything better than the story of Elijah? Now, here is a chapter with a lot of detail, and I could take parts of it out of it, but I like to, for a change, read some here so that we can get down to the nuts and the bottom of it, because in, the, in this text, there's several big bang, um, explosive revelations that, uh, that I think just that it's so important for people to know, know about and, and, and just to be part of that. I think Elijah the prophet grips the imagination of, I can almost say friend and foe, I can almost say man and woman. When you talk about the prophets, the first name that comes up is Elijah. You know, Elijah and Moses, Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets. And he's definitely coming again before the return of the Lord. He is coming in. And uh, the Bible codes begin to talk more and more about Elijah. I'm fascinated. I'm waiting. But Elijah and his sudden appearance is really, really Believe you me, I'm a student of this word of God. I live in this word of God. And let me tell you something. 
the, the, every bit of research that I'm doing almost on a daily basis tells me the coming of Elijah is at hand. And of course, uh, if we look at the second witness of Revelation chapter number 11, uh, most of the today's scholars, including myself, agree that that is Moses. And it is Moses that will tell the people, here's the law, open up the Ark of the Covenant, take out the Ten Commandments, the Decathlon, and show it to the people and say, these are the Ten Commandments I have given you from God at Mount Horeb, the mountain of God in the wilderness. Now I'm saying to you that these words that I have given to you, all of these commands, some 613 of them, were fulfilled in Christ Jesus the Lord, and He is Lord of all at the time of the Armageddon and the Second Advent. Nobody's going to be arguing with Moses and Elijah, except for the Antichrist, and Christ takes on the Antichrist because God does not allow His servants to be attacked like that. We read about that Revelation chapter number 11. Now it came to pass, 1 Kings 18 and verse number 1. It came to pass in uh, after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go and present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. Now this word Elijah is important, could also be pronounced Eli Eliyahu. But uh, just for the sake of, uh, of what we want here, uh, it means God, the great God, the strong God. Eli, Yahu. God is the great and the strong God, the actual God, the real God, the only God, the only God of heaven and earth, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, um, he says... Uh, the word of the Lord came to him in the third year, saying, go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. Now we know that that man, Ahab, I stood at his palace, took several pictures there. You know what I should do these days? I should scratch out these pictures. they on my computer. Yeah, right here. I've got, must be two, three thousand, hundred thousand pictures sitting right here on this computer. And, um, and I should pick out and just show you what King Ahab's palace looked like, and Jezebel was there, and she was at Jezreel, and then she was at uh, the same place here. And I stood in that palace, and I looked, and there's the entrance and the stairway that comes, and then you come in from there, and suddenly from nowhere comes a man. His name is Elijah, and he says, As the Lord... Now listen, God lives before whom I stand. The Lord lives before whom I stand. Let there be no rain nor dew on the face of this earth until I say so. And then the drought struck them. Now we must understand that, you know, things don't just happen to nations. Uh, now with this COVID thing, uh, every, almost daily, I get phone calls from people that, just want a prayer or just want help through prayer or whatever the case may be. And uh, somehow or another, I pray for them and my pastors are praying for the people. And, uh, you know, it, it takes me time to really focus 
on what I am wanting to uh, construct spiritually by word of God concerning this person or whatever person. That's why heart to heart is so important for everybody. Every day of the week you can have it, except for Sundays, of course. And uh, so uh, on the same website, same web places, and you get heart to heart. But now uh, there is a reason when a nation is in a state, it is very clear in the word of God, very clear. I'm holding two of the copies of the word of God. This is a Hebrew one, and this here is an English one, the New King James. And so if I take the word of God and I listen to the word of God and he tells me to do things, Maud said some very good things this morning with the offering. I want to tell you, you want to even go play that back and listen to what she said. But if you take his word and you obey his word, therefore cast the net on that side of the boat and at your word we do so. And when you do the word, that's when the blessing breaks through to you and your life is changed altogether. Now, let me tell you, God says to Elijah, go and show yourself to Ahab. Now, he's one of the weakling. I always, in my studies of the Bible, in through all the years, uh, I always see him as a weakling. He was, he, was like, he was like a guitar, one string, and Jezebel, that wicked woman of the Bible, was playing that string. She was sending him up and down, left and right, and he was just a weakling, completely dominated. We see her surface again in uh, the church of Theater in the book of Revelation chapter number three. We see her again, and she's teaching God's disciples to fornicate, and God says, I'm giving her over to a bed of sickness and those who commit the fornication with her, and unless she repents. Isn't that amazing? God always leaves the door of repentance even to people who have been off stream. Let me tell you right now, there's always an opportunity to turn back to God. Did you hear what I said? Always an opportunity to turn back to God. So, um, and uh, Ahab had called Obadiah. Now, Obadiah simply means servant of God or faithful servant of God. Fundamentally, that's the meaning of this word Obadiah, who was in charge of his house. Now, Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. Very, very important. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To depart from evil is understanding. This man had the fear of the Lord. I mean, I prayed for that fear of the Lord to this day. Still pray for it, that it would continue with me because therein lies my preservation. And uh, the fear of the Lord causes you to depart and stay away from stuff that is wrong, that is twisted, that is bent, that is misshaped, that is filled with iniquity. Avon is the word for it in the Hebrew. And it simply means that which is twisted, that which is, is distorted, that which is sinful in conduct and in mannerism and in lifestyle. This is a man that feared the Lord. That means he stayed away from iniquity Avon. Uh, he feared the Lord greatly. So it was that while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord, that wicked, cursed woman, that Obadiah had taken 100 prophets and hidden them, 50 to a cave, 
and fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said to Obadiah, go to the land, to all the springs of water, right into the land everywhere you go, to all the brooks, perhaps we might find grass to keep the horses and the mules alive so that we will not have to kill any livestock. Just find water. Well, like always, he doesn't even know what's coming. He's just stirred up to say, go find water. And he himself jumps into the boat and he goes off with, a, with his horse or chariot or whatever. And there he goes. He's looking for Elijah. And actually, they were looking for water. They weren't even looking for Elijah because he had disappeared like a shifting cloud that evaporates before the sun. If God protects you and hides you, the devil can forget about doing you harm. Listen to me, just obedience and prayer. But now, tonight's going to be a big one, I tell you. And so uh, Obadiah went one another way by himself, and Ahab went one by, way by himself. First Kings 18.7, now Obadiah was, uh, went on this way, suddenly Elijah on his way, and suddenly Elijah met him, and he recognized him. See, he must have been there on the day that Elijah declared the drought. And he fell on his face and said, Is that you, my Lord Elijah, is that you? What a shock. But in his language, you see submission. In his language, you see humility. In his language, you see the fear of the Lord even to the true servants of the Lord, like in the case of Elijah. And he answered him, it is I. Now go along, tell your master, Elijah is here. She said, how have I sinned that you are delivering your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom there where my master has not sent someone to hunt for you. Just can't get you because God took you to places where nobody, nobody can get to you. When the Lord shifts you around, he can see the whole earth. It's an amazing thing. Nobody knew where you were and they could not find you. Now you say, go tell your master Elijah's here and it shall come to pass as soon as I am gone from you that the Spirit of the Lord will carry you to a place, that's what they believed, to a place uh, I do not know. So when I go and tell Ahab that he, I, and, 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 and he cannot find you, he will kill me. But your servant have feared the Lord from my youth. Was it not reported to my Lord? What I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord and how I hid 100 men in the law of the Lord's prophets, 50 to a cave and fed them with bread and water. And now you say, go tell your master, Elijah is here. He'll kill me. Then Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives, Adonai Sebaot. The Lord of hosts, hosts lives before whom I stand. He lives and I can only stand in his presence.
because I am his servant. And I'm saying to you, I will surely present myself to him today. May I just add to that? There is a time. There is a time. There is a specific time when God says, go. Well, let me just see. And then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah, of course he came. He went and he told him and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And Ahab said to him, is that you, O troubler of Israel? Can you believe it? Yeah. Have you ever heard of the word self-justification? I have met so many people that do so wrong things that it is in conflict with this word of God completely. And they obviously don't even know the word of God, but they are so justified. Is that you, O troubler of Israel? Now Elijah answers. Fireworks is heading their way. And he says, he says, he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you've forsaken the commandments, the mitzvot of the Lord, and have followed the Baals. Therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, which simply means fruit, fruit orchard. It's a place of like a vegetable garden and fruit trees. That's what the word Carmel actually means. The place of the orchards and of various fruits and, and vegetables and food. And the 400, uh, no, he said, send to all the children of Israel, verse 20, and gather the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah, now notice also, and he gathered the, and, and so Ahab sent for all the children of Israel, and he also gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. Verse 19, I needed to read here. Now therefore send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, and, and the 450 prophets of Baal, Baal, <laughs> and the 400 prophets of Asherah, or Asherah. So, you know, you have 450 and another 400, there's 850 of these false prophets. They're there, they're getting up to stuff, and I don't even want to tell you on the program what they got up to, because if you study archaeology, then you get into all the manners and customs of these people, and it's just terrible what they got up to. So I have sent for all the children of Israel, and this man who is like a weakling, he gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. Here's Jezebel's army against one man, army of false prophets against one prophet, a true prophet of God. Fireworks coming here. And so Elijah came to all the people and he said, how long will you falter between two opinions? In other words, it's like a skipping rope. It's to jump over the rope like that. Here, there, or one leg this side, one leg that side, doing that all the time, like a seesaw. You know, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, Baal is, then follow him. But the people answered him not a word. They didn't. Can you imagine Elijah's the preacher? The people don't even respond. There's not even an amen going out there. They're just standing there. And then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. And of course, we know Asherah, another 400. Asherah. 
Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it into pieces, laid in wood. But put no fire under the wood. Now, they're all at this stage, they're just doing what they're being told. Here you got all the false prophets and all the people on, on that mountain and they're just following the prophet's instructions. One man is commanding them around, including the king. Then you call on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken, it's okay. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls for yourself and prepare it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it, and they called on the name of Baal from morning till evening, even till noon, saying, oh Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at the noon that, uh, that Elijah mocked him. And he said, hey, listen, guys, cry out aloud for he's a God. He's either meditating or he's busy or he's on a journey or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. You'd almost think that he's on holiday. So they cried out loud and cut themselves as was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out of them. And when the midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Always a moment that is key. So Elijah said, okay, enough of this. He said to the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord God that was broken down. That altar of the Lord God that was broken down. Let me talk about it. I was in Uganda. I was at most probably the largest church in Uganda. I believe still is the largest church in Uganda. And uh, I was teaching uh, under a giant tent, the people. And uh, But the one thing that I felt was just absentia. It was just not in that nation. Isn't that funny? I get to Singapore, there's a church, wonderful teaching about the cell church. But when I walked in the door and I said, I said to Lord, these people don't know how to pray. They don't know how to pray. They're not motivated to pray. They don't, they don't know, they can't pray. So where's this church going? Where is this church going? They can't even pray properly. You know, if you are on a, on a, if you're into the business of prayers, I always call it, you look at this, you just shake your head, you walk away. You know why, why there's trouble. You know why there's a drought in the land. You know why there's a bunch of other prophets, false prophets have taken over. You know why people are getting killed. You know why the fornication is taking place. There is no fear of the Lord. There's just this whole, whole iniquity of twistedness of a society twisted. Not one, everyone. There's, they twist it. And so he says, go fetch me 12 stones like the tribes of Israel. And he repaired the altar of the Lord. The altar of the Lord that Elijah set up was the altar of prayer. Because prayer would follow for rain. 
and prayer would be abundant and prayer would be a supernatural manifestation of the answer with the fire. Isn't that so? First the fire and then the water from that mountain. Isn't that so? First the fire and then the curse is broken and done away with all those false prophets and by the, now they're all listening to Elijah, done away with them at the Kishon, which is a ravine running in the valley of, of the Armageddon. And Elijah says, right now, I'm going to pray. Then Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Let me just complete that thing. I was in Uganda with those people, and I said, bring me 12 stones, large stones, as a strong man can carry. Go fetch. And I remember there are some big men up there in Africa and they went and they were like one and they were running like, man, they were just, it, it's like when you see somebody really running fast, they were just storming into the open field and they each grabbed a stone that they had in their arm and they came running along and I put the 12 stones on the ground. I said, today I break the curse of prayerlessness and any other curse that's upon this nation and it'll be well with you on the road forward as a church and everybody else. So I had those stones packed nicely like an altar, exactly with the correct configuration, like the stones of the breastplate of Aaron, the high priest, same thing, so that they would reflect the altar of God, which is the altar of prayer. The highest altar in the tabernacle, by the way, is the altar of prayer. And um, when the stones, with the stones, he built an altar, verse 32, in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench on top of that, made a trench to hold about two seas, two measures, which is approximately 12, a little bit over 12 liters of water. So he made a trench to hold two seas. That's about 24 liters of water. And he put the wood in order and he cut the bowling pieces and he laid it on the wood and he said, fill the four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And so the wood became wet. And wood that's wet does not burn. And on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they're running for another four jars of water. And he said, do it a third time. They did it a third time. By now, everybody's looking. The trench is full of water. Everybody's looking and this is just altogether wet. Everything's wet. How are you going to have anything? How can God answer by fire? And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening service, Elijah the prophet came near and he said, Lord God of Abraham, Yitzhak, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Cast the net on the other side. 
Okay, Lord, at your word. So at the command of the Lord, this happened. It was there. It was the impossible. How can any prayer be answered and with fire if it's on an altar that is not operational because of all the water? And it's wood. But there's no burnt sacrifice. Nothing can burn like that. Now everybody's standing there and they must be sitting and standing and thinking in the spot. Now look at this guy here. Just, just look at what he's doing. But the next thing, hear me, O Lord, my God, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and you have turned their hearts back to you again because only God can do a thing that nobody else can. And a couple of thoughts I have for tonight, my goodness. First Kings 18.38, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Fire took away the water and they fell on their faces and then the people said, the Lord Adonai, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said, seize that bunch of prophets and do not let one of them escape. So they seized them and brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. Elijah went to the top of the mountain and he said to his servant, he said to his servant, which happened to be the servant of Elijah was Elisha. And he said to him, now go and look out over the sea. And he went on the top of Mount Carmel and he sat with his head between his knees and, then, and he did it, and he said again, there's nothing, again, again. The seventh time, he said, there's a cloud like a man's hand hanging over the sea. And he said, now better go and get that Ahab and tell him, make a run for it, because here comes the rain. And it was. And even Elijah supernaturally girded his loins, ran with, ran down the hill all the way to Jezreel, and with the chariot of the king. Now, why all of this? You see, God can move where it's impossible, my friend. Have you given up in this time with COVID around? God can move where it is impossible. And he can answer with fire against your enemies in the spirit. God could remove and bring an end to a curse even over a nation. God could answer with fire when nobody else could even come near with any other fire, lest they be slain right there and then and burnt under the wrath of God, as happened in 2 Kings chapter number 1. So let me say this to you, that this here to me is one of the most amazing places of prayer the restoration of the altar of God, according to the word of God, according to a regular pattern in your life, the restoration of the altar of prayer means the restoration of your entire life. Did you hear me now? But you have to do what God tells you. Somebody said this morning, just made a comment, many people don't even know the word of God. They don't even read it. How then do it? 
How then when iniquity and all these Baal and Asherah prophets come and they are there and having a heyday and they are temple prostitutes and they are so twisted and God said, stop all rain. Let there be no blessing upon this land. Think of your own nation right now, my friend. Think of your own old nation and see in every nation, wherever people are listening to me now, how much trouble is in your land and what is the reason for it. I have a very simple solution as I close for the morning session. Very simple solution to you politicians and so-called scientists. Here's a book. It's time that you listen and learn. Look at this book. Bow your knees before the living God. Acknowledge that he is God and pray and restore his altar. And if you shut down the altar or you break down the altar of God, know this, that the curse of the Lord as written in Deuteronomy 28 from verse 50, that that curse comes upon a nation and everything goes wrong. And it just doesn't come right. Why? Because if you suppress the word of the Lord by the spirit of the Antichrist, then of course you're running straight ahead into trouble. And God said enough. And Elijah said, as the Lord my God lives before him, I stand no rain. There comes a point in every nation on the planet when God said, enough! Carry on with this. And there is a curse coming over a nation where everything goes wrong. And whatever sickness, disease, plague and pestilence, drought and storms and upset weather patterns and lack of funds and looting in nations of the world and iniquity takes over, like the Hebrew word avon, twisted society, over. Come back to the Lord, my friend, and restore the altar of God in your life. Father, I pray that'll happen to everyone. They will understand, they will hear, they will acknowledge and restore the altar of God in their own lives that they may be blessed. Tonight I talk about the blessing. Amen, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.